Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Still using a manual razor? Join the facial hair revolution with the Philips Norelco One Blade. This innovative tool lets you trim, edge, and shave your beard or stubble with ease. One Blade, your style, made simple. Available in Walmart. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear and there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. To put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you have ever worn before. As a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee. Comfortable, stay-put waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather-light, moisture-wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. That means that there's no bunching and no riding up. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you can get a full refund with their best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find them in over 1,200 retail locations across the country, including Nordstrom stores nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Give three Fs about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Collider for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Collider for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Collider. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. place feels bigger <laughs> i don't know this place feels pretty big here it's right funny because i was like oh man it feels a little smaller it feels it feels it feels big it feels weird it feels good 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 to good. be sitting here with you uh mr fernandez on this very special rule of two here uh my friend thank you for having me oh man thank you for coming uh and doing this very special episode i, I you know in all full transparency you and i have been already chatting about this yeah. thing that we're about to talk about right which is pretty uh, pretty exciting. Okay, <sighs> but before we do that, I want to say a few things, um, guys. Um, 
every Monday at 3, okay? 3.30. 3.30. Yeah. I'm tuned in. I've been in the chat. Yep. If you guys are watching, you know that I'm in the chat, yep. uh, chatting. And I'm listening to Riley's Cantina. Thank you, Which man. is uh, Mark Riley's new uh, Star Wars podcast yep. Uh, yep. that comes out every Monday. Every Monday. Every Monday, Riley, uh, Riley's Cantina. I'm going to have a guest. We pop some wine, and we talk Star Wars. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing. And That's, it works. And it works. <laughs> and it's usually – it's not going to be really news-based. It's going to be more conversational, like kind of uh, stealing a little bit of the Rule of Two flavor, but just talking about what we love about Star Wars yeah, and seeing yeah. where it goes and probably getting drunk on wine and like because pe- why not? And like people keep asking like, oh, is Rule of Two coming back now? So look, it, it's not. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We're doing this very, very special episode um, and Riley and I have talked uh, maybe when Obi-Wan comes around. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe we'll pick it up for the Obi Wan stuff. Yeah, maybe we can do a review of the series. Yeah, or something. maybe you'll have me on your show. Of course, I would love that. You, yeah. you like wine? I uh, well, first of all, uh, white wine. White wine. Yeah, You're a white wine guy. Red, red wine gives me like a bad headache. Yeah, well, you know, I got to change that, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. a red wine drinker, but yeah. white wine I do every once in a while, so I can find a nice bottle. I go to my uh, my corner uh, liquor store, which is Allmore Liquor, and they they they're aware <laughs> of what I'm doing now, and they're like, "What? Thank right. you. Sixty five right. years we've been here." Right, so right. I go and I pick a nice bottle. And uh, you you find folks that have already been tuning in uh, on my YouTube channel. They they make a donation, and I buy that wine for the guest that day. Oh, that's awesome! So that's it's awesome. it's really fun. So look, let me bring up one quick thing about Obi Wan. I know that there's this rumor out there um, that yeah. Obi Wan is canceled. Heard okay? that? Um, so we've been uh, on the phones all morning. Uh, talking about this yeah. and uh, trying to get some answers, and our sources are actually telling us that it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. No, like Disney has not made any official statement on it, when, and I don't think they will. Yeah. I think this is just some rumor that erupted. Star Wars, like like in Jurassic Park, always finds a way to get into the headlines. Yeah. But yeah. Star as, Wars, man. Yeah. So Something as, about it. So as far as we know, um, why would they? Yeah. Why would they? After all of this time. And poor Ewan McGregor sitting at home being fielded every question in the world. Are you doing Obi-Wan? And he's like, listen, I'm actually doing Fargo right now. I'd like to talk about that. And they're like, no, 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 Obi-Wan. It's just over and over and over again. And then finally that big swell, this groundswell of support for uh, for Ewan coming out and saying, yes, I'm doing it finally. I I I mean, unless something horribly went wrong. I, I think right now. God, it's I just... hope I'd be so bummed out, you know, because especially because we were talking about coming back, uh, Rule right. Two for right. the Obi One series. It's just the one that fans really want, and if 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 anything, if that were to not work as a series for whatever reason, then they have to make it a movie. This is something the fans yeah. want. And like, look, you and I were kind of riffing. Maybe it's the Taika movie, but look, uh, as far Could as be. we know. There is no truth to the rumor. Obi Wan is still flowing. It's still going. Great. Um, okay, so look, um, I say we just hop hop into it. Do it one do last this. time. Here. One last time uh, for the cheap seats in the back. Yeah. This is rule of two. Rise. So, Fernando, set the stage for us, would you? What the hell are we doing here? And (laughs) how and why and what? I have had the best Star Wars week (laughs) of my life, man. I can't tell you how much fun I've been having with this thing. So, look, um, we we can't – you know, uh, this is as much as we're going to say. Okay. Okay? I've read it. I've read it. 
Yeah. And I've read it again. Yeah. And then I read it again. Mm-hmm. And then I read it one more time. My God. And on the way here, I was reading my favorite scenes. Okay? <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, I've read it uh, once. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of speechless uh, because I've been able to read it. It's one of those – you know, I, I, I spoke about it on Riley's Cantina. Um, you know, this is – I cannot in any way compare this to Rise of Skywalker. This is a – like for me, it's a script report. It's like mm. it's a story that exists right now. You can say comics, you could say books, you can say canon, you can say non-canon. This is like a completely separate thing. I can never in a million years compare this to Rise of Skywalker. I can only take this at face value as a as a movie that was written well before the dated draft I saw. This happened before Carrie Fi- uh, before Carrie Fisher passed away. About 2 weeks before. About 2 weeks before. Yeah. Obviously, before Trevorrow left the project, mm-hmm. before The Last Jedi came out. So there was the, the discourse was not there at this point. So this movie, with all those factors in there, Carrie Fisher would have – losing Carrie was that, – that's the end of this script. Yeah. Really. I mean it, it, yeah. it requires a complete overhaul. I don't know what they could have done, either recast Princess Leia or General Leia. Or do the the Tarkin thing, which I don't think anybody wanted to do. So there's that to consider. There's the Last Jedi fallout to consider mm-hmm. in the development process. Because I'm looking at this as a writer and a and, and a development guy. So so if I could cut in for one second, please. So um, the script, I'm pretty sure I'm going to look really quick. Um, yes, uh, it's actually a really interesting uh, date, almost like an ominous date yeah. that like I think will live in Star Wars. Uh, lore for for many years to come. The script is dated December sixteenth of twenty sixteen. Yeah. Now I'm not sure exactly when uh, when Carrie Fisher passed and left us, um, but I know that it was during the holidays because I remember having a very sad Christmas. Yeah. Um, I I remember crying. I remember writing a, a huge kind of here's what uh, Carrie Fisher meant to me, not only as princess but writer. Yeah. You know, somebody that just really was a part of my kind of creative awakening. Just and an inspiration and the humor and like and like her approach to to dealing with with controversy and dealing with criticism and and just never losing uh, the ability to to stick to her guns. Yeah. You know, and be that princess that we all needed. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think she passed away maybe two weeks. Or... December 27th, 2016, wow. she passed. Wow. So 11 days. 11 days. 11 days after this draft was was submitted. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this draft is the most unique piece of Star Wars uh, uh, lore. You know, let's call it lore, okay, mm-hmm. because it's not canon, uh, obviously, right? No. But, let's, you know, it's, it's the most unique piece of Star Wars lore I've ever read because it's not a comic. Right. Okay. It's not a you know like you said it's not a novel. Mm-hmm. It's not fan fiction. Mm-mm. This was actually we all know now because Mark Hamill was very public about it. This was read by Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill publicly said that he loved this take mm. on Luke that Colin yeah. Trevorrow had had done. We know for a fact that it was read by Daisy Ridley, mm-hmm. who famously has said that she cried when she read it. For the record, there was one scene in this script where I cried. Mm. You know, and like I know you guys have seen me cry on here before, but like I, 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 I teared up. It was very emotional. Some scenes in in, in this script. It, it's an emotional. It's an emotional script. I, I will say this as a as a writer, as a, as a trying to be a writer, I, I I cower in the shadow of of Trevorrow. This script is beautiful. 
It's one it of the really best. Good. It's one of the best scripts I think I've read, um, and I read a lot of them just to for my own kind of education, knowledge, whatever, what have you. Yeah, this is a beautiful script. Um, this Trevorrow and his co-writer Derek Connolly, um, they love Star Wars. Yeah, and you can tell. And they picked up the pieces not only from Force Awakens but The Last Jedi. Look, they, I, they went directly from The Last Jedi and then they tied the saga together. There are echoes of Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. There are echoes all over. There are callbacks. There are wonderful little Easter eggs all over this thing. It is, it is done by two people that love Star Wars. Yeah. And I can see it in this. Yeah, and uh, you know, you make a great point because for me when I was reading this thing, I was very – aware of what are the what's the connective tissue the directly like 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 the correlated tissue between the last jedi and the duel of the fates right and it's very interesting the things that are direct crossovers right so um there isn't a ton of mention about the uh, for Skype that, you know, we've all – even though it is discussed. It's there. I it's mean, not a big part of the story, but right. it's discussed in that one very emotional scene between Finn and Ray mm-hmm. when Finn asks her, are you still being haunted? Yeah. And, he, and she's like, yes. Um, so so it's there. Luke is still um, Luke is- dead. Luke is still dead. Luke is still dead. He is very much a part of this story, though. Yes. a lot more than his yes. his uh, his story in Rise of Skywalker. Snoke is is dead. Snoke's gone. Yeah. Now here's to me, and like, look. First, we're going to give some high level thoughts, and we'll go nitty gritty yeah, through, yeah. through the story. But to me, the the two biggest surprises that I did not expect to like with this script, I'll be honest, is number one, Rose steals the show with her like with her uh comic relief she's phenomenal i mean the, the character rose tico in this is phenomenal i mean she is the han solo of yeah. of she, this script she opens the movie right she opens the movie with a freaking great spy kind of operation that not only introduces rose and bb8 but then it also opens up all of the main players Backing her up in this big coordinated resistance movement in order to steal a Star Destroyer. Uh, ultimately, that's where they're going yeah. with this. And it just feels it, it, that the echoes to Return of the Jedi are absolutely on purpose. It is a little tiny adventure in the beginning of the movie. People in disguise, all these different things that I just was smiling from ear to ear. My Star Wars Evan Love and Heart was just going, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, man, um, this is I, some good stuff. I, I love, um, I love uh, that, that one line. I'm trying to find the exact line, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase find it. Find it. Uh, how about I set the stage set the real stage. quick? Set the stage. Uh, reading The Crawl, I, find, I found interesting. The Crawl is out there. People have heard this, yeah. but the Iron Grip of the First Order – has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few uh, scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate the growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems led by General Leia Organa. The Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. I love the path for freedom. It's kind of uh, something that's repeated uh, throughout towards the end of the script as well. So uh, we'll get there. wanted to set that stage right there because then if you can picture it, we are in the vacuum of space yeah. per usual Star Wars goodness. Yeah. But this time we kind of pull back 
and we enter a Star Destroyer, and our mission is underway. Yeah. BB-8 is there, and Rose is there, and the adventure is and, on, onwards. And it's such a – it reminds me a lot. It's funny because Jurassic World, which everybody who, who listens to Rule of Two knows that I'm a big fan of. Same, man. So, I have no idea why. So I, I do have a little Colin Trevorrow bias because I absolutely love Jurassic World. Well, I've never seen Book of Henry. So me that, either. So that me takes either. me out of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Safety Not Guaranteed is one of the most original and clever and wonderful movies I've seen, and that's what put yeah. him on the map. And then Jurassic World I thought was just so much – what do you want? It's dinosaurs eating people. It's so much fun. And it's so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. Oh, Jurassic but to me, garbage. I think, I think my favorite part about Jurassic World was that uh, the Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard interaction reminded reminds me of Han Solo and Leia. Yeah, you know they have that dynamic. For, I think. And man, the opening of this script reminds me so much of Indiana Jones. Yeah, you a little know? bit like, of there. Yeah, like like that trope of like let's throw you deep into an action scene. Mm-hmm. You know, into this amazing like uh, like. Um, uh, uh, caper, you know that, that that they're pulling off, and the first thing you see is this graphite painted uh, droid who you eventually realize is BB-8. Yeah, BB-8 you know? is just doing a spy mission here. Yeah, and it's so freaking rad, and it's so freaking rad. And then it, and then you see this really tense moment where, because unlike Rise of Skywalker, the thing that I really loved about this script is that it truly. Leaves like starts with where you've left the current two films, as in the resistance is basically dwindled down to nothing. Yep. The first order has truly gained the power that it has always sought. Yep. And it's in complete control, and they're far. They're 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 kind of hurting all of these. Um, uh, uh, like immigrants and refugees yeah. into these concentration camps. Right. Okay. And then you see our two heroes, Finn and Poe, in disguise, yep. having to get the, completely armed because they're there to do a, a like a bust out. Yeah. They're they're getting ready to break some some effort, uh, mfers out. Right. And they're <laughs> right. going through. And BB-8 and Rose are trying, cut the power basically right. so they can get through security. Yeah, yeah. Get through the security gate. Like like it's, uh, it's such a great. It's like it's almost like because I see Return of the Jedi here. Okay. This like opening rescue, so so to speak, the rescue of the refugees. Really. Yep. But it's like if if like. We dropped into the middle of Jabba's palace with Lando and and uh, Leia as as Bausch in there. It, it almost feels like as we we got rid of some exposition, but it's like to your point of Indiana Jones, right in the middle of the action, which right, I love. Yeah, in medias res, mm-hmm. right in the middle of things. Um, and our two heroes, um, you know, it, it gets very close and very tense, but they do successfully pass through the you know the armored gate. There's even a scene where right before they get there. Um, a some alien, uh, his horn set off the alarm, yeah. and the stormtroopers kill the alien like right in front of them. And Finn says, you know, if it doesn't work, we, you know, or Poe says, if it doesn't work, we'll know. Yeah, yeah and, and like you know, after this, you know, person dies, um, and then throughout this entire time, you're seeing this ominous Tuscan Raider in the background. This is this is for me the like the Lando pulling down the the thing, but yeah. we don't know it's. Who yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we see this ominous Tuscan Raider in the background. They they successfully get through the security gate. And uh, fast forward a little bit, um, and, you know, there she comes, okay, in the Tuscan Raider uh, disguise, mm. unknown to even uh, Poe and Finn. Poe and Finn don't know that she's there. And, and here you see the Tuscan Raider bust out a double-bladed lightsaber 
that is a technological amalgam mm-hmm. of her staff and Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. Now, right. to me, this told me – and she just tears through like 15 people to like get to them. And then this is what I love. People are like – with the, the refugees, with reverence, they're like Jedi, Jedi. It's like almost like this is the myth, right? The myth of Luke Skywalker lit a fire in the galaxy, gets Ray to over to Octu, who then Luke, the beacon of hope at the end of Last Jedi, puts out the myth of Luke Skywalker taking on the First Order, all the way to Broom Boy, mm-hmm. who they're playing at the end of Last Jedi. Then this, the myth is now fully realized. It really worked for me when that when everybody says Jedi, Jedi, because now the Jedi are back. Yeah. They're back in the galaxy. It's not a myth anymore. And there's one dressed as a Tuscan Raider. And right, it's just right. fantastic. You know, that's a great point. And and when you said that I like like it just reminded me that when they see the Jedi that all the immigrants, all these folks being herded into these concentration camps are like, there's the Jedi. There's the hope. There's the hope. There it know? is. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I – I mean when you told me about this, is, I mean I had to read this from a writing point of view because it's just like – it's so rich with just collaboration between movies. Yeah. Like that, that's something we've talked about a lot on Rule of Two and that I think the, the broader Star Wars audience talks about right now. We're never talking about story anymore. Right. We're not talking about space wizards anymore. We're talking about development struggles and fired directors always. Right, right, and that's right. And drama. And drama. And that's what's really annoying to me right. and part of the job, I guess. But that's why I'm like sh- – like that's why I had to come and read this. Yeah. And then and then not that this isn't a great enough opening because it absolutely is and and I and, and as I was reading it the second time, the third time, the first time, I could hear the like yeah. like, I, like I could see her with the double-bladed lightsaber like and then really focusing on the choreo again the choreography the, the choreography of that and um and and then just with one image it connects to the last Jedi of the split of Anakin Skywalker's saber and its new reality that that the pieces of that lightsaber power her own lightsaber. So you know she's made her own lightsaber. The Tuscan Raider garb drops on her and she's dressed, as they say in the script, in full black battle ready uh, Jedi, Jedi armor. Uh, the black what a wonderful callback to Luke. Right, right. It is a, it is a, a, point. a direct reference to Return of the Jedi, Luke showing up wearing black. Yeah. And, it's, and it's in the script for me striking because Rey has only been seen in like light colors yeah. and so much like Luke. So that the echo is there again. Again, a very, very wonderful move by the writers to give reverence to the, to, to the past. Yeah. And then – for me, having the remnants of Anakin's lightsaber a part of this new contraption for Rey is saying that the past is handed off to the new generation. And we have these pieces built on what we know, which is the, the, the Skywalker saga mm. and the Skywalker blade has now created something new. Like rising, like rising from the ashes of the Empire was the first order. Rising from the ashes of the Jedi, here comes Rey. And I love that kind of that thinking behind it. You know, and then we're introduced um, to – you know what I also thought it was great to your point is um, that the people like, like um, start throwing rocks yeah. at the stormtroopers to try to like give their part to help the last Jedi. The spark of hope right here. Right. right. And it's like – 
getting an army going. And there's there's that echo. It, for me again. It was like Endor with the the Ewoks throwing their sticks and, and rocks. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? Because, because it's, it's obviously like, ridiculous, but every bit helps. Every bit, right? right? You know. Right. And then we're introduced to. Uh, Admiral Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, this is a character that you know I was not in as far as I'm as far as I know is not the same one from Rise of Skywalker played Pride. Uh, uh, yeah. All oh, um, right, right. So totally different. But Admiral Vaughn is like, what the hell's going on down there? Yeah. And just uh, another you know first order guy, yeah. which uh, you know makes sense. It's a big. Yeah. It's a big army. It's a big so army. So we get a new guy, and some officer is like the last Jedi is with them, sir. And and for me, when I when I, when I read that, I was like, oh, it's like. You're finally paying off the mythology. It's almost like seeing Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith with his full-on Jedi mullet. Mm. You know, that you know that things are starting to mature. Yeah. And and all your critiques of Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are starting to sort of fade away because the vision is starting to crystallize itself in its intended picture. Right. You know, and that she's being referred to now as the last Jedi. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the – I think a, a classic scene, yeah, which is the hijacking, the the stealing of a Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. I mean it's incredible. It's a, it's it, it felt due time that like the good guys take over this thing. Yeah. We've seen it in Star Wars before, Chewie and the Ewoks taking over the, the, the walker on, on Endor. Um, I love that stuff. Stealing the shuttle Tiderian. Let's go all in. Let's steal the Star Destroyer. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a it's a wonderful moment yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. So so all this adventure happens, and uh, the you know they they eventually. Um, oh, and Admiral Vaughn. I think it's a very important thing because this to me was the Darth Maul moment of the script. And again, like this script is very good. Mm. You know, in my opinion. Yep. Now, granted, we're directing it ourselves, right? So we're reading it and we're visualizing it. And, yeah. And it's so it has that idyllic, like like uh, preservation in our imagination, right? Right. Um, but you have Admiral Vaughn say, "Call the Knights of Ren." I love that. Gave you me know? chills. Yeah. And the Knife Nine, which is the uh, the ship that it's called. Yeah. Which is actually we reported this about a, maybe six seven months ago, maybe a, a, a close to a year ago. That Knife Nine is actually the ship. At Galaxy's Edge. Ah, okay. So interesting. There's a ship at Galaxy's. Oh, Trevorrow said that. That's yeah. right. He said, "Yeah, I have a ship that I created in the." Okay, that's that makes sense. Yeah. So Knife Nine is actually the ship that you don't see in any of the movies. Right. But it's a Galaxy's Edge, and it's the one that Kylo comes out of in the show. I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, but Me so neither. I hear. Yeah. Um, that's Knife Nine. So yeah. you have Knife Nine. You have the Knights of Ren, um, and they all have names. And they all have names. And they talk. And, and they, they talk. And, yep, and they and and they have personality. They have personality. They have wonderful moments. Yeah. Each one of them, and they have. Yes. Yeah, so uh, come on. Do we jump? Yeah. So okay. So it, it happens in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. So so when when Knife Nine arrives to uh, talk to Admiral Vaughn, the leader of the Knights of Ren. I'm going to get this name wrong. Probably his name is Hataska. Hataska Ren. Hataska. Followed Ren. by Ot Ren, Laurel Ren, Jadik Ren. Yes. Hataska Ren has the dark saber. Has the dark saber. And like when I saw this dude in my you know, like in my mind's eye, obviously, pull out the dark saber yeah. and cut down Admiral Vaughn for being an incompetent. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I'm back, man. It was great. Like, it was great. 
You know, it's like that awesome, awesome tackler skit we did with Jeremy Johns and, and Ken Napsok where, you know, George Lucas is back. I was like, we're but this is like this is it, dude. Like it's just it's it's just you know it's Star Wars. I mean, it feels very Star Wars to me and I love I loved it. I love this moment and then they get so it's revealed then after this. You might know it better than me now because you've been reading this thing over and over again and I don't blame you. I would love to read this again. Yeah. But it is introduced, at least in my notes, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. Let me know. Coruscant. Coruscant is back. Yeah. And uh, I love, love, love that we have Coruscant in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And look, we'll get all into Coruscant. But I um, so after Hataska uh, Ren cuts down Admiral Vaughn, you have, I think, one of the coolest uses. One of my big critiques of The Force Awakens was always – how uh, Ray was very, uh, you know, very easily could use a force uh, or, or, or Jedi mind tricks to like influence the stormtroopers. Nobody had ever taught her that. Right. So, you know, there, there was some there were some holes for me there. Sure. You know? Sure. But in this movie, when when they eventually get and it's a great action sequence, they eventually get uh, to the deck um, to the bridge of the Star Destroyer, which I believe is called the Eclipse. Yeah, the Eclipse. Yeah, um, in the in the script, and um, it has a light armament of people on it. And um, you know, Poe says, "Who's in charge?" And the and the bridge officer says, "I am." And uh, Poe's like, you know, he's a, I can fly anything, so he's trying to figure out how to fly this thing. And Ray, I think it was it's great little touch. Ray is like. We don't have time for you to figure out how to fly this yeah. thing. Just basically take Jedi us, mind trips, yeah. th- th- tricks that. Yeah. And take us to the blah, blah, blah system. And uh, and then, you know, the entire crew is like, set course for the blah, blah, blah system. You know, and I thought that that was like a kind of a fulfilling way of using the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it's just it just shows Ray too, that she's she's because we're going to figure this out. She has been training. Yeah. And we know by who. And uh, and that's where it, it also deviates a little bit from Rise of Skywalker, um, but keep going because we get the we get the Star Destroyer, we get they there's get taken more, care about. There's one more little scene that I think is really cool in the sort of this opening set piece that's combined with the concentration camp and the stealing of the Star Destroyer, which is that everybody's on board the Star Destroyer with the exception of BB-8. Right. Okay. This is a great move by yeah. yeah. And BB-8. Uh, jettisons himself from the ship that he's on into space into space and guns it it floats across into the star destroyer yeah yeah yeah. it's so great i I mean like you can see these things visually as Mm -hmm. like building action building those applause moments and like giving you that star wars those star wars feels you know and i thought it was great and there's a great line in there that the first order says which is like it's skywalker that they believe in Right. This is why they're doing it. And this last Jedi, this this apprentice is is nothing. And they're using her as a symbol of hope. That was, I thought, a great line that the bad guys are saying on the outside, right? They're like, ah, this last Jedi, whatever, it's Luke. And like it's it's Skywalker who they believe in, not this. We rule by fear. So I thought it was a great juxtaposition of the bad guys knowing yeah. and saying, but that, but fear is going to snuff all that out. That's yeah. what the First Order is. Yeah, and then, um, like you said, uh, you know, where we go after that is that it, it contextualizes um, Coruscant, you know? Yeah. And we, we see that it's like they're building things on top of the old structures. Yeah, that it's it, 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 it's, it's a much more decrepit, worn down yeah. Coruscant, and and we're introduced to a to a new character, 
um, a a child uh, mm-hmm. named uh, uh, you know I'm from Dade County, so I call him Dade, but it could be Dade, Do- right? It could be Dottie or something. Um, but we're introduced to this child, and we're introduced to the kind of the people, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 the people that are ultimately being oppressed by the first order and yep. this new political structure and stuff like that. And and then to me, this is one of my favorite parts of of of, of this opening because you always talked about this is. I want to know a little bit more about the political structure that actually uh, controls the first order. Right. And now we're introduced to Chancellor Hux. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, at this Monument Square, and uh, um, you know, talking about how this conspiracy is charged with treason and all this stuff. Right. Time to kill him. Time to kill him. This is set up in the crawl. That traitorous acts are punishable by death. Yeah. First order ain't having none of it. And Biskova was the traitor. We didn't mention that, but Biskova was an, was a, was an alien that was helping, um, you know, them break into the concentration camp. Right. Which is kind of very similar to Rise of Skywalker. Right. The, the right. opening there is a there is a spy that is helping them, and so we're we're following. So in in the script, I should say, just an aside, it, it you realize why Colin Trevorrow got story by credit. Uh, for Rise of yeah, Skywalker, yeah. I think, because there was so, we talked a little bit about it off air. Yeah. The litigation that the Writers Guild does, it was probably a very, very long and painstaking process. But they did give it to him, and then Colin Trevorrow obviously is giving um, his proceeds from Rise of Skywalker and that story by credit to charity because that's awesome. Yeah. That's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's absolutely awesome. And, and then you also get this really interesting uh, insight into the warlords that are truly behind almost the bankroll right. of the First Order. And for the first time, you start to see the political uh, uneasiness yeah. of of the First Order asking, why is this woman still alive? Why is the Jedi still alive? Mm-hmm. Why are these things happening? Why haven't we taken full control Questioning Hux, where the hell is Kylo Ren? That's that's when the sky. Is it that when the Skywalker line comes in? It's this. It's Luke Skywalker. They believe in this apprentice right. is nothing. It's fear that will get him. Right. I feel like that's the the, the moment it came in. Yeah. Uh, so it's the, what a great opening. Yeah, and um, and then you know we, we we like like I said we get this scene with this new character Lord Gurlig, um, who sounds like a mean sob. Um, who's just who's just doesn't want you know um, you know wants Hawks and Kylo to to do what they're supposed to do, which is take control of the galaxy. You yeah. know, yeah. and 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 their control is is close, but it's still a little bit tenuous. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it 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 really does just set up the state of the galaxy, yeah. the state of the resistance. Our heroes are still working their butts off to get you know to turn the tides of the war. But when are you ready to move to the next scene? Yeah, because yeah, this but, is the one. But just to put a button on what you said, yeah, Jor 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 Nolt is is uh, is the character. Okay, and the line is um, it's Skywalker they believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, not the law, not the law. Okay, right. and his apprentice, this girl, this Jedi, has become a symbol of hope. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's the exposition. You know why I think I love this script so much relative to the other two is that I always felt that the other two didn't give you a ton of deeper understanding into the state of Star Wars. Mm. You know, you had these lasers shoot five planets down. You didn't know what planets they were. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't give you any real context to this stuff. Mm. Um, and, and it seemed like 
with this third script, Colin Trevorrow was really trying to um, to let you in on 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 details that you can nerd out about for years to come, names, yeah. planets, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, he did pull in you know more recognizable planets um, from the saga, obviously with yep. Coruscant, but then it's a good point. But then we go to Mustafar, and here we are again. Yeah, it's Mustafar, and not and not. And not like we got in Rise of Skywalker where we learned that after there was no right. kind of graphic. You told me it was Mustafar. I didn't even know it was Mustafar. Mustafar. right? And I – yeah, that was just somebody – the internet told me. So it's yeah. like um, – but here we're on Mustafar and we're also walking in Vader's castle because there's yeah. Kylo Ren searching for answers still. So very similar in Rise of Skywalker, looking for certain, but they call it a holocron here. Yeah, which is what it is. Right? It is which a holocron. Is, which is what it was of, in Rise of Skywalker too, not the Wayfinder. The like Wayfinder we, is a holocron in my mind, but they call it holocron <laughs> right. here. And you know, this is my favorite. This is what you even told me when you called me when you got your hands on this thing and were like, "Dude, dude, dude, Luke Skywalker haunting Kylo Ren." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You called that. This is this is the thing I wanted. The the moment that the credits rolled on the Last Jedi, see you around, kid. Right? Yeah. I went. Oh yeah. You knew it. You That's knew gonna it. be great, right? Yeah. You called it the whole way. And sure enough, Luke is haunting Kylo Ren. The voice, the the Jiminy Cricket in yeah. his ear, going, "This is not the path. This is not where it leads yeah. to you. Look what happened to my father." Right. And this Kylo is, Ren this, snapping at him. This is where the this is where the path leads you to an empty tomb. An empty tomb, right? And, right. And Kylo Which Ren, which is good foreshadowing now that I think about it, knowing what the end is. It's very true. Yeah. And so it's just it's just a very wonderful moment for me. Get some really good Luke Skywalker action in there. Um, I can see it visually in my head. I think that what the writers are doing here is really just creating a very creepy atmosphere, and that Luke is somewhere there, very very reminiscent of. Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, when Obi Wan is appearing on Hoth, mm. you know, just kind of in the snow, just kind of there, but not there. I it's love all that in visual. voiceover. All in voice. Yeah, yeah. Voiceover. It's just very, very. It's it's a haunting scene by a Jedi. Oh, it's just look, so it, it really made me happy. And it's Kylo's really good. Kylo's clapping back. Oh, Kylo's yeah. like, look what it's done to you. You're just a damn ghost. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he he goes. Look, look where it led to you, dude. Yeah, you're you're a ghost. You can't do anything. Right. And looks like eh, I'm, I'm more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Right. 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 He's basically very, saying very, that. Yes. Very well said. Because that's exactly what happens. Like Kylo is like like don't rag on me, dude. Like yeah, empty tomb. But what the hell are you? You're just a damn ghost. You're a ghost, and and Luke's just kind of has probably a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, okay. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what happens now? He gets the holocron. Yeah. And he gets a message from something I found interesting. I thought it was very interesting. Um, Tor Valum? Tor Valum? Tor Valum. So, so uh, what happens is, is that when he lifts up the holocron, um, a, a encoded holographic message. From Emperor. From, the, uh, from Emperor Palpatine. Here's is where the yeah, Emperor Palpatine connection comes in. Right, because it's just it, – it's a vision from the past. You know, It makes and, perfect sense. And I really liked it because for me it ties in Battlefront Two video game and it's some of the, the novels, um, some of the canon novels. The contingency plan that the Emperor put in place is in this message, and this message is for Vader. And Vader and the Emperor is basically saying – now that you got Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, if an unforeseen thing happens and I am killed, you need to take Skywalker here. Yeah, to Torvalum. To Torvalum to teach him a very, very specific 
thing. Yeah. You know, a very specific thing um, that Torvalum knows how to do that we need to teach Luke. Now, the Sith holocron begins to realize it's not Vader. It's not Vader. That message isn't for you, dude. <laughs> and it Fs him up. It, it, it Fs him up. It shoots lightning into his eyes. Yeah. And then something that I've been wanting to see in this in this franchise like so badly uh, since we got it in KOTOR so well done and in SOTOR, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic MMO, is the force corruption mm-hmm. that, that begins to overwhelm Kylo Ren's face yeah. with all of the, the – like, like the veins coming all over the place. Um, and um, yeah, I it, mean – it's, it's a great visual thing and then I love that it, it hurts him so bad that Leia wakes up. Right. Feels the disturbance right. God, in the Leia force. Leia is so good in this movie. Lord, Leia is the heart of this script. She is and, the heart of the script. And I think that um, you know a lot of people, to the people that say there wasn't a plan and there wasn't a plan, it sure looks that way sometimes. But then I tell you something. That's a very good point. Then I tell you something. It's this Han Solo's movie was Force Awakens. Luke was the Last Jedi, and this was Leia's. That was kind of designed right. by probably. Lucasfilm, and that was their goal, at least. Yeah. Now I don't know how much communication. Again, wish I was a fly on the wall, but I'm not. But this this feels like it's Leia's movie. So, like, to, so like to take a time out here. If you look at it that way, mm. okay, and say, hey, like we do have a plan. Um, we have um, you know Han's movie. We have Luke's movie. We have Leia's movie. Mm. Now, two weeks after, or eleven days after, you submit a really good, clean draft. This is a clean draft. See, that's the. Thing I didn't that, find a, a grammatical error th- in this here. This is one of the, the the most striking things for me. How done it was. Now, this is my question because this is a book report and not a comparison to Rise of sure, Skywalker. Sure, sure, sure. It is. Where was it in the development process? Mm. Is this a first draft, a second draft, a third draft? Is it Trevorrow's fifth draft before he shows Lucasfilm? You know what I mean? Because internally, as a writer, you do this, I do this. Mm. We're not giving that script over to studio or no otherwise way. on that first draft. This is this is a final draft. This it, who a, knows what it is? It's super clean. Well, uh, last or last Jedi wasn't even coming out until a year later. So right now they're in post on Last Jedi. So but this he's obviously comes. read the script because there's direct crossover. Oh yeah, no, Colin Trevorrow. Obviously spoke to Ryan Johnson and read the script and know exactly what was going on with that movie. Even even from a thematic perspective, right? Because thematic across the board. Even yeah. some of those Last Jedi themes are really resolved <laughs> and given a little bit of of of, of, of like shape in it, this it's, in this it's, movie. It's given so much. I mean, it it pays it off. Yeah. It uh, this is a direct sequel to the Last Jedi, um, yeah. which I love. So so um, you know. Um, Okay, so yeah, Leia, Leia wakes up, Ben. We're, we're on the eclipse now, I think, because she's, yeah. you know, the Resistance took over the, the Star Destroyer. So they're making base over there, I think. Isn't uh, that where Leia yeah, ended yeah, up? Yeah, they take the eclipse to, God, I love some of the stuff that's about to happen. Yeah. They take the eclipse to a planet called Korolev, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I didn't write down that one, so I don't know. Your guess is good in mine. Right. right. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, boom, 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 boom. They get to Korolev. They have this massive ship. Um, you know, last we leave Kylo, he's screaming in the ultimate pain. Yeah. You know, which, 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 re- that's where the Revenge of the Sith stuff starts coming in for me. Because in Revenge of the Sith, for me, the most painful part about it is really those last, f- like, f- few scenes where Anakin is completely destroyed. And every time I watch Anakin burning in the lava, it kills me. And you start getting that 
complete destruction of Kylo very early on in this movie. You know, it just occurred to me when you said that. Yeah. This is this is a, a closeout to the saga. And what we have going on here is Duel of the Fates, the title of this thing, which is, is perfect for it's this. It's a great title. Um, you have Ben Solo, Kylo Ren kind of running parallel echo to Anakin Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith. As you have Rey running parallel with Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. There is a very clear distinction between the two and the echoes therein, for me at least, are really resonating with me. Yeah. Is that to your point when you said that, I went, whoa, whoa, you're right. You're right. He's he's doing Anakin right now. Yeah. He's already fallen to the dark side, obviously. But as Anakin did and wanted and realized when he was talking to Padme at one point in Revenge of the Sith, I can bring an order to my new galaxy. And then Obi-Wan's like, what? Wait a minute. Right. You're, Your you're new ta- empire. Your new empire. You're talking Sith here, man. Right, right. So he's searching. He's just – he is going – we're talking about searching and getting the, this holocron and looking for things. He is searching for ultimate power, right. unlimited power. And Hux knows this. Like Hux yeah. keeps asking him, did you find the power? Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, – OK. So – I love this setup right here. Okay, mm-hmm. so so the eclipse is over this planet called Korolev. I think that's what it's called. Sure. Um, and um, they Chewie comes running into some uh, moment of exposition that Finn is having with with Leia and Rose. And again, Rose is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he starts screaming, and they're like, "What's up?" And he takes them to a weaponry uh, arsenal inside the of Star Destroyer. the Star Destroyer yep. that is vast. I mean, we're talking enough firepower to take on the First Order. Yep. And to me, that was like, wow, that's great. You know, like, okay, so now you've secured, like, weaponry, you right. know? Yeah, this small band of resistance fighters finally got some, uh, had a good day. Right, Let's right. just say that. And, and, um, and they kind of, I... You know, maybe it's because it was all in my head that I just love this. But then, you know, everybody starts saying, well, who's going to actually man this stuff? Like, it's only like a hundred of us. Like, like right. who's going to man this stuff? And we don't have people. And Ray says, well, maybe we do. Yep. You know? Reveal the Jedi ancient texts. God, finally, that pays off. She opens it up and she realizes there's Old Republic technology underneath the Jedi Temple. Can I jump in there for a second? Yeah. Because... Kylo Ren has has created a, a communications blockade through the galaxy right. so that the planets cannot communicate right. with each other. Right. And this old Republic technology hidden inside the Jedi Temple can overcome that blockade. Right. The old technology basically winning out over the new technology, i.e. a little force action, i.e. a little right. turn off your targeting computer and, and it's uh, the use Jedi the force. Temple. It's the Jedi Temple, so you know the 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 comparison is there. It's underneath. They're going to have to go to Coruscant, right? And this is what I love. This is so Star Warsy to me. It's the um, the. It, am I jumping ahead here? I want to make sure I'm not. But there's a nice scene when they're 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 basically the Star Wars plan. They did it in Phantom Menace. They right. did it in. Um, uh, they did it in Return of the Jedi and in uh, New Hope. But this is the – here are the holograms. Here's the mission. This is oh, what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Jedi yeah. can- temple. We're going to find this device. It's old tech. We're going to beam a message and get everybody to join us. Yeah. And that's good Star Wars right there. Um, and um, God, that's, that's, that's where actually I, one of my favorite lines um, between Rose and Finn, like uh, Leia goes – 
you know, all right, this is a great plan. And she loves watching Poe kind of lead that little strategy discussion. And uh, and Finn is like, great, I'll lead the army on the ground. Yep. And then Rose jumps in and says, I'll, I'll really, <laughs> I'll really lead the army on the ground and let and let Finn thinks he's doing it. Great line, you know. Yeah. And, and like, you, like Rose, I gotta tell you, I didn't love Rose in the Last Jedi. I've made that very clear in, in all my Last Jedi discussions. Sure, she, the humor that she's written with in this movie is incredibly charming. Yeah. Incredibly charming. It's it's a great line, too, to come up behind Finn and say, I, I, I'll lead him. Because Leia gives a look. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. And then, yeah. So uh, getting back to it. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, so then after they uh, uh, concoct this plan, we have the first time that Luke speaks to Rey yes. inside the Jedi Dojo. But, yeah, take it Right. Away. So the Jedi Dojo happens and Rey is training and um, – the difference here with Rise of Skywalker, which I loved actually in Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. is Leia trains uh, Rey, which I think is a beautiful moment in in all of the Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Here, Luke is training her from the other the, the other realm. So your pain already is an l- illusion. Yep, your pain is an illusion. Yeah, like just there is some fantastic Force stuff. Yeah, conjures to mind your Yodas on Dagobah with Luke. Conjures to mind some Obi Wan on the ship. With, uh, in New Hope with Luke. Conjures to mind some stuff that from the prequel. There's a lot of things peppered here. But Luke being not only a force ghost and training Rey but also haunting Kylo Ren is exactly what I wanted. Oh, God, uh, it's great. When you we called lost. that. I, I, I tried. For, for, for months you I were just, saying that. I just, it was just what I wanted. Yeah. I, and I just was picking up the pieces as is as did these two writers here right. who which picked is, up the pieces from why, Last Jedi. Which is why Duel of the Fates is such an appropriate title. Oh, yeah. Because you have these two incredibly powerful, force-sensitive beings that are have different fates that are bound to be completely intertwined. In The Rise of Skywalker, they you know label it as the dyad in the Force or whatever. Right. There's never any mention of dyads in this script. But that's what they're also trying to say, that there's this... You know, this script is about balance. Right. This it is, story it truly is about is balance. About balance. Yeah. And that's what I felt was the most powerful message here and what I thought brought the, the saga in was the balance of the force, which is a, a, a number of rumors we, we even heard. Like the title is going to be Balance of the Force. It's going to be Duel of the Fates. It's going right. to be – We heard Duel of the Fates, right? I think Duel of Fates was was on there. Duel was of the out Fates. there, yeah. Uh, um, but, then, but then we cut to another scene very reminiscent of Revenge of the Sith – of Kylo Ren at the operating table um, with and the Ugnaughts. this is a nice – yeah. And this is a nice touch coming up here. Yeah, yeah. With the Ugnaughts uh, putting uh, metal on Kylo's face. Dude, it's Mandalorian armor. Metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're they right. They were melting right. down Mandalorian armor like we see in the series, yeah. Mandalorian, and putting it on his face to ca- to cauterize the wounds. Yes. It's, it's a phenomenal kind of tie to – all of this. Yeah. And then you see Ray feels the pain on her face. This is where the Last Jedi connection works for me. Yeah. This is where it is. Yeah, yeah. She feels what's going on with Kylo Ren. That Skype thing is still there. Yeah. You know, like like I, I hear Christian Harloff's words. I hear your words. Wait until the third movie to make up your mind about sure. the first two. Right, right. You know, and when you read this what I consider to be a very beautiful, inspiring work of art, um, it it makes you look at the other two and say, oh, okay. I mean, you know, sure. 
Because like there's a lot in here that really connects not only Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but Saga. Yeah, and and and, and that's what I appreciate. And it doesn't try to retcon or or dismiss the prequels and the original trilogy in any weird way right. like we do with the Emperor because let's face it, that does put uh, Anakin's journey into question. I right. mean there's nothing – Bringing can... the Emperor back. It, yeah. I said it on our review. It's my, it's my biggest problem with Rise of Skywalker yeah. is the yeah. Emperor being back. This for me, uh, I enjoy because it's, it's done away with that. There's a new villain and really the, the villain is Kylo Ren. Full stop. Mm. He is – 100% the villain of this movie and redemption TBD man when we're here with with Kylo Ren redemption we'll get there yeah. whether or not he's redeemed this is the story right now and we have characters basically saying like your Leia's and your Luke's telling Ray no 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 he's far gone yeah he's not coming and, back and uh, so upcoming in this medical bay pain dojo scene we get our first fight between mm-hmm. two light, uh, you know, between two lightsaber wielders, and it all happens in a vision yeah. between Ray and um, Kylo and, Ren. And Kylo Ren. Yeah, she has a vision of two thrones. Yeah, and her fighting and her getting struck down. She yeah. is, she is in her vision, similar to Rise of Skywalker to some degree. Yep, very similar. And she has the vision that she is struck down by Kylo Ren, and she takes off the blindfold. Right. Oh man, I didn't even realize. Yep. That. It's another little – Didn't even realize that. You're right. I know. Just as you said it and I saw it in my mind. Yep. Wow. So Ray takes off the blindfold because she's doing the thing with Luke and, and – uh, yeah. And Luke is like, what did you see? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and she says that she sees a mountain, that she sees Kylo, and she sees two thrones. Um, and Luke tells her this is the future that 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 you're you know that you're seeing. Much like Luke find, seeing the future of his friend suffering on Dagobah, and there is the echo for me. And Luke, this is what I kind of found interesting. Luke was like, "Well, where where is it?" Luke doesn't know, and she knows. Yeah. And then the words are uttered, and then to me, it's a validating thing because it's a George Lucas known uh, component that he wanted in these sequel movies. Which is the planet of Mortis, Mortis, the astral plane, and the original birth of the Force. Right. This you know? is this is like basically, this is the Big Bang. This right. is the, this is the yep. This is where the galaxy started. This is where he's going with this. Mortis is the the cradle of everything, yeah. life, the, uh, the galaxy, and the Force as we know it. And the two thrones are the light and the dark. Yes, and. <laughs> That's good, man. I, I dig that. Yeah, and then Luke is telling her, in this Temple of Mortis, uh, underneath the temple, in the well, whatever you want to call it, yeah. is the power of the Force, of the Jedi. It's like the epicenter of all the power. Right. Um, it's like if we get that power, we don't need armies. Right. But he's also telling her, but look, if Kylo gets that power, yep. we're in big trouble. Right. You know? Right, right, right. And then she's like, well, like, like, what do you mean? You want me to kill Leia's son? I, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, which is like, again, echoes to Return of the Jedi, right? Um, I can't kill my own father. Then right. the Emperor has already won. You were our only hope. I can't kill Leia's son. Well, then they won. Yeah, and then Luke, Luke says, and I, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, the Force guides us towards balance. It doesn't always show us what we want to see, right? But it it, it involuntarily guides us towards balance, um, and then Ray is very dismissive. I think in an interesting way, 
that you know balance you know bullshit like it's it's always dark kills light then light kills dark and it goes over and over and over again in a vicious cycle which to me is the one interesting point that you can point back at Darth Vader and say it wasn't really balance it was just the light the momentary moment of light that 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 penetrated Darth Vader into becoming Anakin again. Right. That suffocated the dark of the Emperor. I love that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But then, what was left was the light of Luke, and just like our you know our friend Freddie Prince Jr. says, the light of Luke was unbalanced, and the dark comes in. Yep. To suffocate the light, and right. the vicious cycle continues. And this is a very important line for me in the script because this is where. The script tells you that this is going, that ultimately the saga ends with a true balancing of the light and the dark. Right. It's that – that's what we said a few minutes ago. This yeah. is a, a, a movie about balance and it's about all the things we've learned about the Jedi and the Sith from the prequels on. This movie is like basically commenting on all of that and has a very, very mythological, very satisfying kind of thing happening mm. here. Um, and I love that Luke says that, and I love that there's that echo of, of uh, you know, Vader and you know, fighting Vader and fighting Ben and all these kind of great stuff. So, 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 so where look, do we go next? So look, we're we're in 53 minutes, and we're we're barely out of the first act. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're past the first act. So, um, <laughs> a little bit. I'm we're, sorry, guys. It's just like it's really good. I mean, we'll do some brush strokes here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then. I love this. So if I go down to my notes, yeah, I love that Poe and Ray are starting a relationship. So this is my one critique on the script. Yeah, I say I love it. You you like it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think yeah, it was so, so needed. Talk about it. Talk about it. I think it's it, it's like sure it was kind of you know brushed over. There wasn't a lot going on with Ray and a romance and all that. And some people said at the end of The Last Jedi when Poe goes Ray and, and they meet, you know, some people go, oh, that – and I did too. Oh, that's the relationship that we might get. And sure enough, we're having it here. And there's a slowly a slowly but surely through the adventures of Ray, Finn, and Poe, Finn uh, – Poe and Ray are starting to fall in love. I do yeah. like it. It has a very um, Indiana, Marion kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, and it also just feels fun. And Poe even says it like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. No attachment, no attachment. So what is happening here with some of when she's talking to Leia, when she's talking to Luke, is that Ray is going back to this like I can't be attached to him. Mm. I can't fall in love with him because Ray, that's – Ray, Ray. Ray tells Leia that and yeah. Leia is like don't be – you know, you're not – uh, subject to the rules of men that were born a thousand years ago. She, yeah, she's like, who says that? The, right. the, the guy you've never met thousands of years ago? It's like directly going up against what we learned in the prequels. A Jedi will feel no love and no attachment, which is what led to Anakin falling to the dark side, right? So which, here we are. Which Kylo acknowledges very, very powerfully throughout the script. Mm-hmm. He's like, he learns that his grandfather's ultimate downfall was his love and his fear of loss. Because now we're here. Kylo basically becomes Vader with all this new stuff on his face from the Mandalorian armor all the way down to putting a mask on with a different breathing, right? Because he's so damaged that you almost hear this breathing coming that's described as guttural and a little bit lower. And so he's now – for me, I was like, oh, the new Vader is here. Like, yes. you know, he's always wanted to be Vader and now he's got it. Right, because now he's truly needs 
He needs the, to breathe. He needs. Oh right, he, right. He has a. He has a. Yeah. Because that he holocron, has his own breath thing. That holocron effed him up. Yeah. So now he had to. He needs all the mechanics to yeah. in order to survive. Hence his journey being complete. And. And he gets these ancient Sith texts, and he's learning all these things yeah. from it. And he gets a new mask that we don't – it's not really described what the new mask looks like. Yeah, we don't know if it's maybe – maybe it's it's a it's a version of his Kylo Ren mask. It's in a version of what we see in, in Last Skywalker – in Rise of Skywalker, the, the red, but yeah, or, there's something. Yeah, or, or a version of the uh, visual dictionary of half, you know, some flesh under it and stuff right. like that. Uh, but he does have to breathe through it, mm-hmm. and in the script it says that the breath, you know, that it's very low, very guttural, mm-hmm. uh, and different from from Darth Vader's uh, breath. Right. So I love that we have like Luke and Ray talking, and Ray's uh, the dialogue with the Force is awesome. But it's like basically the balance. The light is suffocated by the dark. To your point, when one rises up, right. the, the darkness is going out there to suffocate it. Yep. And then we have on the other end, Kylo is finding what, which I thought was a nice balance here. Again, balance being a big thing of this is that he. He's finding ancient Sith stuff and has to go find out what it is on Mortis. Yeah. And he goes to – not Mortis, but he goes to uh, – what's uh, what's the Sith guy? Uh, Tor Valum. Uh, Tor Valum goes in there. Are you like – He tells – he asks him you know, when, when – Are when, you Plagueis? Right, because there, there's a scene right before that where, where uh, 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 Kylo and Hux are like going back and forth and Hux is like, do you have the power yet? And Kylo's like, not yet, but it's soon. And he's like, oh, you know, Supreme Chancellor. Like, Look, I don't need all that crap of Supreme Chancellor. The power is ins- like, like the power of destroying planets is insignificant. That's the the line I, I love. You know that that I'm going after. Um, but yes, he he makes it to Torvalum, and um, Torvalum is a is an alien figure, very it, thin, very thin, like spindly. Like he's got this weird. In my mind, he's like this, like and spidery, almost spidery. And it, it it did conjure to mind for me at least some of the dec- some of the um, concept and what we did see with Emperor Palpatine in uh, Rise of Skywalker, that mm. him connected to things. And I don't know if that's what, what they were going off of, but. I see a little bit of uh, creative handoffs from maybe that design over to what we saw with the Emperor, at least in the darkness and the weird decrepitness of the of the yeah. of the character. And, and before he flies off to Corv uh, to Torvalum, um, it is important to note that um, uh, in his chamber uh, in Coruscant, which I thought was very fitting, mm-hmm. he gets the uh, the Darth Vader mask, right. And says, now I understand why you failed, and I'm going to succeed where you failed. Yeah, and you used your heart, dude. Right, right. You had a heart. I don't have a heart. Yeah. And he, he threw, throws this thing out the, out the window. Finally becoming more powerful than Vader, I think. I think he finally – that is his – it's a very metaphorical kind of way to look at it. He's casting off the chains from the past. He's killing the past finally. Yeah. He's finally not holding on to it anymore. He gets new information, and he basically says, ah, this is where you failed, right. grandfather. Look, that's a great, I'm not doing that. And that's a great point because it's also uh, very similar to um, his message to Ray, let the past die. That he himself, that's what I got from it. That he himself didn't fully embrace. Sometimes we give the best advice to our friends, but we got to take our own advice, right? Amen. So he Amen. is saying to – he basically went, let the past die in The Last Jedi to get Ray to join him. And then he realized here, ah, Vader used his heart. The light stepped out of the darkness for a little bit, 
and this is what happened. And then to, to Kylo, and he, you failed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. failed, Vader. So, I'm taking this over now. Another cool thing that I liked is that we are introduced to Kylo Ren's uh, drone. He's got his own little droid. Yeah, right. Uh, That's v- right. VX20 um, that he communicates with, he talks to, and stuff like that. And he tells him, set a course for Remnicor. Remnicor is the name of the planet. Remnicor, right, to go see uh, Torvalum. And yeah. uh, that's where he's going to get some information about what to do. He's going to learn from him. This is my problem with it because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in the fandom probably would feel the same way. It's like, where was this guy? You know, we, we, we love to describe and, and go in deep on these villains. Right. Where was Snoke? Snoke, too. Really not. You know, he's mentioned once or twice in this entire script. Yeah, but there's no like where he came from. There's, there's no none of nothing. That. No, and I think there that's is interesting. Really, there, there is a really cool bit of 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 exposition that you get about how Snoke relates to Ray that I thought was actually really really cool. Right, that comes a little bit later. But it comes anyway. a little bit later. But yeah, so he goes. He learns. Kylo Ren asks like. How? Why? He brings up Plagueis. Right. He uh, says. He says directly. Says, "Are you Darth Plagueis?" Right. And I love. He's like that name means nothing. That the name means nothing to me. And I, and it. I think what he's going for here is that this is Plagueis, and that you think it is Plagueis. I think it is Plagueis, and I think that he's so powerful in the dark side that he's basically doing this thing. I am no name. I am darkness. That's what it. What that's what it gave to me. I think it can be very. It can be construed as he's Darth Plagueis because of that line and him not answering it. He said that mean that name means nothing to me. And he's like, I'm no master. I'm no master. It's it's just like I am everywhere. I am darkness. Right. That mean that name means nothing to me. So I I don't know. That's just me taking it as this is that this was Plagueis. Yeah, and then and then Kylo's is pretty much like teach me. Yep. Teach me this power. Teach me this power. Because because in the planet you see all these dead animals and these like Oh, they go back old Republic here. This is Sith oh, right, Army. Right. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah, is yeah. Sith Army against Jedi's against Jedi and they are in armor, old armor. It felt very much Lord of the Rings where Aragon's going into the the tomb and they see all the you know the fallen bodies and they realize it's a trap. It feels mm. very there's there's some Lord of the Rings stuff in here as well oh, that I love, especially like the, the big scene. Yes, I and we'll get there. Yeah, so I love too. There's some moments here, um, and like look as the nice like echo of that scene again. It's called Duel of the Fates. So you have these two Force users on this trajectory to this ultimate fate that they both have that's intertwined with each other, and uh, on the light side you have Ray. Finn and Leia mm-hmm. uh, having some of the most beautiful moments and, and basically uh, Leia telling uh, Ray that she's not like her father, you right. know, that uh, or or my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you're new. You know, whatever happens. Um, this is you. This is on you. The force chose you. Right. You're not related to me. You're not a Skywalker. You're not one of us. But that's irrelevant because the force chose you. Right. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and I love to the uh, – where is it? Leia's talking about balance and stuff and we're starting to get into this moment where it's like Ray realizes her mission and what she needs to do. And I got a definite Return of the Jedi vibe of Luke Skywalker saying I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. Mm. Ray's basically saying the same thing. As we go to Coruscant to go put the plan in action, Ray yeah. is like I can come with you. They're going to sense me. 
It's like I will endanger the mission. And they're like, no, 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 no. You need to come. We need you kind of stuff. And right. she's like, I can't. And then I love Poe saying, like, I get it. I got it. No attachment. No attachment. Uh, no attachment. It's fine. Um, there's a lot of really wonderful moments in these dialogues between right. all the, the, the our heroes. Yeah, Feels it, very Star Wars. It, it, it's good. But, like, it's almost like maybe as I was reading it, I got a little jealous because, like, first, first she's down with Finn, you know, and then her and Finn have a little vibe. And then she's down with Kylo, and her and Kylo have a vibe. Mm-hmm. And now she's down with Poe, and her and Poe have a vibe. I just thought, I was like, hey, like, pick one. Hey, Ray's playing the market, man. Come on. Give Ray, <laughs> yeah, give Ray her enough. time. She's been on fair Jakku enough. for many years. Look, Ray's story isn't written by anyone else, right? Exactly. And, and like, you know, that, that's, I think, a very powerful thing with her. Um, and I love that they that this is where they do separate into going into the different areas to enact the plan, oh, and, and Ray and Finn separate. You nailed it. You nailed this it. This I loved. Ray basically on the ship with Poe uh, and Chewie as they fight over position on who's – I love the Chewie and Poe thing where it's like, who's the co-pilot here? And Poe's like, oh, it's you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ray's like, it's my ship. Poe's like, I'm the pilot. I'm the pilot. And, and then Chewie's like – Yeah, like, and he's like, my, you got, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. It's you, Chewie. Um, it, but, but she says – or, or, or uh, Finn looks up to them flying away and, and says, "Good luck, Ray." But, but just just to just to remind everybody, yeah. at this point, what happens is is that Hux and the First Order fleet enter orbit over Korolev, the planet that they're on. Right, right, so, right, right. That's right. And, and and Hux is like destroy this planet. Mm-hmm. So as they're fighting and destroying the planet, they need to escape. They need to escape, and then they split off into the Hawk, which is Finn and Rose, mm-hmm. uh, the Millennium Falcon, which is Chewie, Poe, po. and Ray, mm-hmm. and the Star Destroyer, and the Eclipse, which is Leia and Connix and the rest of the crew, R two, right. and all that stuff. And I love there's moments here. Leia feeling the Force as people are dying, her people are dying, is a mm. beautiful moment. Finn says good luck to Ray as he as she's flying away and Ray on the Falcon show don't tell show don't tell literally goes thanks Finn like she heard him right. showing us that Finn is force sensitive right it's right. it's right there and I love that um, so okay where are we going next what I love is there's something happening here where I got we enter an at, uh, an asteroid field because the first order is blowing the planet apart oh yeah yeah so yeah, all yeah. of a sudden we're in a, a another echo from Empire Strikes Back the Falcon threw asteroids which are pieces of planet right. and also a nice little callback to New Hope and Alderaan right and there's forest and frozen oceans yep. and then, like they're flying through they're flying through all that with ties on their on their on their tail yeah it's, yeah, yeah it's a beautiful action piece. Uh, yeah, then we have this. Plagueis is mentioned. Um, I love this line. Tor, uh, Torvalum has to say, sever yourself from the past. Um, uh, you know, the whole idea is to rule without armies. Yeah. To use the force, the power of the force. This is the ancient power that created the galaxy. That's really the new stuff that, that, that worked for me was that that's, it's the all-encompassing power that Kylo was searching. Yeah, and like I think it's important to also note that Torvalum – was very specifically teaching him the power of life drain. Life drain, yes, which you know, shows up in, in Rise, Rise of Skywalker. In Rise of Skywalker. So that is another carryover. But yeah, telling him the power of the life drain, which is essentially to heal yourself. To So this was set up in the script to, here. To suck the, the life force out of somebody else and have it empower you. Right. Um, and that's what Torvalun uh, teaches uh, Kylo. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Kylo pulls a very Sith move. 
Yeah, we go there. He kills him. Yeah, yeah. Kylo he uses that. Uses that power, becomes even more powerful than Toravalum, says, I don't need you anymore, and basically kills him, and I love that moment. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It's a good it, moment. It, it but- happened to me a little easy. Like this guy's been alive for nine thousand years, trained, the, trained Sidious. This is the, the the my one critique of the script. Truly, is is that you know where did he come from? I would have you know Plagueis. Sure, I'm getting that from him, but it's a very Sith move, and I think Kylo Ren would absolutely kill this MFR and get all the power, and then move on as it's Supreme Leader. It's a very Leader. Kylo move. Yeah, right. He did it to Snoke. He did it to Snoke. He's doing it to this guy now. Yeah. Uh, so then we're getting to the plan, and we're we're pretty much into the whole crux of the movie here. And we're getting the three different battles. We're having a ground battle on Coruscant because the plan is they have to go get the ancient technology to light the beacon yes. to send all over the galaxy. And, and uh, Finn is pretty much in charge of that mission, Finn Finn's, and Rose. Yep, Finn and Rose in charge of that mission with Leia. Then we have Poe, Ray, and Chewie going towards Mortis. And then we have – um, With Knife Nine chasing them down. Yes, the Knights of Ren are on their tail. Yeah. And uh, pretty much, yes – Ray and Chewie and Poe do fight the Knights of Ren. This is, this is this is this action scene. The way it's written is so awesome. But before that happens, the reason, like the mission that Poe and Ray are on, is that Poe tells Ray that she, that he knows a force sensitive uh, female, mm-hmm. a friend of his, right, who um, who knows how to get to Mortis, um, who could t- help her get to Mortis. So Ray is going to take uh, Poe is going to take Ray to meet this woman, mm-hmm. so that she can give he- her the map of how to get to Mortis. Right. You right. Know? So again, a little similar to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. With there's like, a, there's actually the now that we're talking about it out loud, there's a lot for me at least. There's yeah. some very, very distinct story points that I think is why the WGA gave. Yeah. With 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 two huge differences of. The emperor not being a factor, right. and and Leia not being the central kind of anchor for the for the story, right? Uh, so then, we should probably g- keep moving through this. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's should, do it. Let's do it. They uh, they get to Coruscant. Um, Ray gets to Ray. Ray. Okay, here's the thing that really sets it apart for me on, mm-hmm. on like where it's time for Ray to go off on her own. She they fight the Knights of Ren. Ray literally palpatines a guy in the face. Remember, he, she uses yeah. force lightning. So, again, we get that kind of connection in Rise of Skywalker, but yeah. for different reasons. Very, very different reasons. Yeah. And this one is that she unleashes her anger. Yeah. And there's the force lightning, takes out a knight, knight of Ren, um, pretty much kills him because he gets it in the face, which I love. Yeah. Um, so, so she fights. So, long story short, um, they, they, they go to this planet, and, um, and this woman tells Ray how to get. It's a more this, good force talk here because yeah, yeah. it's a force-sensitive person. Right, right. So again, it's like this duel <clears throat> of the fates. It's like the dark and the light. Like her and Kylo are on very similar trajectories, uh, getting information on that, that, that's pointing them towards Mortis. Right. Um, but eventually the Knights of Ren do catch up with her, and there's an epic fight between Rey with her double-bladed lightsaber and Hataska uh, Ren mm-hmm. with his dark saber. And Chewie's doing backup. Chewie's bow-casting the Knights of Ren. Right, right, right. He, and there's a scene that I absolutely love in this, the way it's written. He's shooting one of the Knights of Ren, and I think I can't remember if he's blocking with the Darksaber or not. But Chewie basically then grabs this Knights of Ren, throws him up in the air, and shoots him out of the sky like a clay pigeon. 
guys, I remember that. So that was Jaden, I think, or somebody. It's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Chewie, Chewie's a real superstar in this script. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so uh, Hataska and Ray are fighting, and this Knight of Ren, who is the leader under Kylo, is overpowering mm. Ray. Yeah. And then Ray starts to feel the dark side, feel the anger, and she embraces her anger. She embraces it, yep. And then she shoots lightning out of her hand into this guy's mask and fries him. Yeah. So it's very similar kind of to the way it is in Rise of Skywalker, but instead of a ship, yeah. um, it's it's a fight that she's about to lose. And the anger in her is so great yeah. that she embraces it and shoots lightning out of her hand and takes Hataska down. Right. Now, I have in my notes here that Luke talking to Leia in Force Ghost about Ben gave me the chills. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where it comes, but Luke has moments with Leia in Force Ghost. Luke's all over the place. Luke's Luke is, all over the script. Luke is a main character in this script. Yeah. He is all over the place. He talks to Leia. He talks about Ben. Gave me the chills. Um, this is why the Jedi live in isolation. The pain of loss leads to the dark side. Yeah. That is, I thought, a great call to all the Jedi that realize – Oh, God. It's my favorite line. I tweeted that line. Yeah, it's because after, the, after the, the fall of the Republic, which is Revenge of the Sith, that's when the Jedi realize – I mean because the dark side came out of nowhere. Yoda said it himself. Clouds everything. Their hubris that Luke says in The Last Jedi really got them. They didn't know Plagueis was – Plagueis. They didn't know that Palpatine was doing what they were doing. So there's a lot of like little callbacks to here. So this line really made me go, ooh, like wow. Yeah. That's a really cool thing to consider. Excuse me. <coughs> so yeah, yeah. we have that line there. And, and, and the um, – um, and we can't forget one of the most epic moments in the script. There's so much in the script. It's so much fun, yeah. You know, um, so right before Kylo takes out Tor Valum, he he sees a cave, mm-hmm. uh, like a force sensitive cave in the distance, and Tor Valum says, "Go confront it." Yep. Okay. And we have a little callback to like Dagobah, but this time Kylo takes on yeah Darth Vader. Kylo takes on Darth Vader in an epic, as it's written, it's an epic fight. Between two iconic villains. He writes that. Yeah. yeah. This to me is the Vader at the end of Rogue One moment. Yes. This is the moment where fans are going to be on their feet. I mean, this is like a fight between Vader and Kylo Ren. Like, let that sink in. Yeah. I mean, visually, how much fun it would have been to shoot that. And think Dagobah. Think Luke fighting Vader on Dagobah. This is a vision. This is a test for the dark side. Yeah. And Kylo Ren loses. And Kylo Ren loses. Vader cuts him down. He then goes, oh, my God. And And he looks. There's nothing on his chest. It was a vision to tell him everything, uh, and that's when he, he ultimately, I think, is it after that kills Torvalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so then – That anger that he faces after the defeat to Vader is kind of – I think what it kind of triggers him, and he takes uh, takes Torvalum out. Right, and then all this is happening here. I have more notes here. Rose is captured by Hux. Uh, yeah. We then go to Leia needs more help. She finds Lando. Lando is looking very Lando and – And tells her no. Tells her no. Yeah. This is what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's, we fought. He basically tells Leia, "We fought in wars, and I know, and I know." Han said for me to take care of you, and she's like, "I don't need anybody to take care of yeah, me." Yeah, yeah. But before Rose is captured, mm-hmm. um, you know, because look, we don't have it totally right now, so we're just kind of remembering it. Right, uh, right. But, I've only read it once. I just have these little bullet point yeah, notes. Yeah. So before Rose is captured, Rose and Finn break into the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. They light the beacon. Okay, and then one of the coolest scenes. I think in the entire script, which is the just like in Lord of the Rings, right? Like 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 when they light the torch to like call the torches of Minas Tirith 
we have our version in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. They light it. They get the beacon from the Jedi Temple, and it starts to light up all over the galaxy. And people start to see it, and it's Leia. It's Leia. It's Leia holograms all over the galaxy saying, join me. Yeah, it's this time. amazing speech. Amazing speech. It's like almost like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or my only hope, times right. ten. Right. And, it's, and it makes sense, and it's the callback to Minas Tirith. It's all over the galaxy. And Eventually, it go. reaches Trandosha. It, it reaches Trandosha. And uh, Bosk. There's Bosk. You're getting it. <laughs> Bosk is like, huh? <laughs> yeah. So nice little callback here. Yeah. I, lo- I love this stuff. It's a Coruscant uprising. We have the three different battles. Ray makes it to Mortis. Now she escapes. She, she, Rose is captured after. Rose is captured. Yep. yep. Rose is captured by Hux. Uh, Ray has her vision of, um, again, of like being on the throne and Kylo beating her. Not being on the throne, but in front of the two Yeah, and, and Kylo, after Kylo kills uh, Tor Valum and sees that there's something wrong, right? Because like, 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 I think he gets a message from Hux or somehow he's alerted that, this, that, that the, the, the communications blockade has been, has been breached by the resistance. You get um, Kylo stopping the the message in the galaxy right very similar even in the script it addresses very similarly to how he stops the laser the bolt laser bolt yeah in uh, in force awakens nice touch so, so so the the message gets out but it doesn't stay out it, right. it gets out to a point it gets out to a point which is a good nice setup because yeah. you know we know it was people saw it but Right. So where are we now? It's like I'm in the middle of the the, the final battle now. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. We we can we can basically be, look basically. Um, think Return of the Jedi, ground um, battle, space battle, lightsaber battle. Yeah, yeah. So so before we get to the finale, right? So just to kind of cut through, there is one very important scene that I think we need to talk about that that kind of concludes the love affair between Poe and Ray. Oh, with, it's beautiful. Which, which is. Uh, Ray knows yeah. after she finds out, after she kills the Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. okay, and she finds out where Mortis is because mm-hmm. the you know the force sensitive woman told her gave her the uh, direction. Interesting that Maz Kanata is nowhere to be seen in the script. Maz Kanata nowhere to be seen. Yeah, so, I, I thought she could be Maz. This this right, character right. feels like you could. This could have been Maz Kanata. This right. could have been Maz Kanata. Yeah. It actually would have been a good payoff for her. I think so. Um, but um, in any case. She knows that she's got to go do this Mortis thing on her own, mm-hmm. and Poe can't come with her. And Poe's like, no, 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 I'm coming with you. Poe po will not let her go. Right. Will not let her go. And so this is, I think, one of my favorite moments in the script is that she uses Jedi mind trick on him, and yeah. he fights it. And he's like, no, don't do that. Please, Ray, don't do it. Don't right, do right, it. Right, right, And then he Jedi mind tricked, yeah. and he's like – and he walks off with Chewie, but then like in a great bit of screenwriting. I mean I got I got to tell you. The screenwriting is off the charts on this thing. The craft. Yeah. He says, lose, finally fighting back the Jedi mind trick and finding his sentience again. Yeah. He sees through the mind trick and waves to her. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Because he's already on the and ship. And Poe and Chewie are off. And Poe and Chewie are off to join the, the resistance yeah, and which, fighting the for, yeah. First Order. And she makes it to Morris. All right. So look, look. We're not going to do a scene-for-scene scene thing. There's other scene-for-scene scene things out there. We're just going to try to, like, finish out the core story and then just give our final Let's little thoughts on Let's get to the climax, yeah. yep. So, so, so basically now you have uh, Rose is captured by the First Order, and you have, I think, the best way that you could have dealt with Finn, that Finn 
underground discovers a refugee camp right. of 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 immigrants of of, of oppressed people. Um, he 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 beats up on a stormtrooper and and like becomes friends with him. Right, reminds him. The guy goes, "Traitor! I re- I recognize you." Yeah. And he says, "You need to come up with a name first and foremost." You know what I mean? So it's a nice callback to yeah. So to him having a relationship with other stormtroopers, yeah. but ultimately for Finn becoming the true leader and the ground general of the resistance. Yep. And he ra- he's the one that ultimately rallies the people yep. that they need um, to to uh, you know arm the the adats that they stole and, mm-hmm. and like the guns that they have. And- so a very kind of similar thing that Rise did. With getting some of the galaxy to come, sure. it's like, oh, they're all. It's it's. I, they don't have an army, and it's like it's the people that that are attacking right now. Right, right? right. Skywalker. I found it to be very similar it's, here. It's, it's similar to that, but it's all inside Coruscant. Yeah, again on Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. happening on Coruscant. Um, then you have the space battle where the eclipse is coming in, mm-hmm. like with Leia in the role of Admiral Akbar. Yep. Um, then you have... Uh, Chewie one... gets an in a, in a X-Wing somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because... And he does a great uh, trench run of sorts. It's yeah. a callback to Luke in the X-Wing, and it's Chewie. Yeah. And a nice callback when Poe arrives. Right. You know, seeing Chewie just wreck shit with uh, yeah. lasers everywhere. Because, because there's this great little rivalry throughout the film of who's the one that should... Uh, operate the Falcon. Yep. And eventually, in this scene, Poe is the captain of the Falcon or the pilot of the Falcon. But you see Chewie in an X-wing. Yeah. And then he's like kicking ass, and then Poe is like, "That's one hell of a pilot." Nice call back to nice Force call, Awakens. Call back to Force Awakens. Yep. Uh, so uh, um, we but, finally get back to Mortis. This is all going on. Ray takes on. Ray arrives. Yeah. And, and Kylo arrives. And Kylo arrives. Huge lightsaber battle. He basically says you, you – you, But before that, they have these crazy visions. Yeah, that's right. They have visions that are like overwhelming to them. Yeah, yeah. And Kylo has a vision of him and Han. Right. That's the one I missed. Okay. Yeah. So Kylo, yeah, has the vision of after he kills – and we learn that it was him that killed Ray's parents. Yes. And that And that Snoke didn't want – Snoke wanted all four sensitive children with the potential to dethrone him right. destroyed. Right. And he sent Kylo out to hunt down the four sensitive children mm-hmm. and Ray was one of them. Ray was one of them but she was able to get over to Jakku. And he knew that he let her live. That's the what girl. What girl, yeah. In it Force pays, Awakens. It pays off the what pays girl. off very, very well for yeah. me. Um, yeah, so then uh, they have that vision. We have a great – Moment where Kylo Ren, after he destroys the Jedi Temple, he goes to a cabin in the woods, essentially, yeah. where Han Solo is. By himself. So By this is himself. a memory. This is a memory. So he's having a vision memory of Han Solo after he destroyed everything and Han Solo saying, oh, God, you you, you got to go to your mother. You got to go to your mother. D- don't do this. Don't like, do he, this, Ben. He's like, my master – Knows that I'll be the most powerful and like right. He's like your master. What the hell are you talking about? Right. Like, then know? the vision kind of shifts and it's the moment on the catwalk when he kills Han Solo. Right. So there's that agony still eating away at him. Yeah. Ray has her own visions um, of, of her parents dying. Of her parents dying. All these things. And here we are, light and dark. Yeah. In Mortis. Yeah. And Kylo Ren basically wrecks Ray. Wrecks Just her. she gets. Almost killed, and here's what I thought Loses was beautiful. Her. Yeah, go ahead. 
he slashes her face and she's blind. And she's completely she blind. She becomes blind. It's a very nice moment from when she was in the dojo. It's a, it's a foreshadowing moment when she yeah. had the blindfold on. So she's now blind. Really nice connection to Kanan and Rebels. Uh, I, that's not lost on me. I love that. Yeah, yeah, me too. So then Kylo Ren goes and he goes to the well. It's time. He's going to get all the power and nothing's there. Nothing's there. And that to me, I, I looked at you and I went, that reminds me of The Alchemist, man. Yeah. The Alchemist is this, oh, let's go on a great adventure. The treasure is out there. I'm going to go through this adventure. And I go and there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing there. And um, and then what happens is is that he gets pissed off, starts slicing up all of the statues, all this stuff. And Luke shows up basically going, see? Yeah. I told you. Yeah. And Kylo tries to attack Force Ghost. More powerful than he can possibly imagine, Luke catches the blade. Right. In Force Ghost form. Right. Which right. was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. And then, and then similar to for, uh, Rise of Skywalker, but I think making a little bit more sense, Rey, as she's destroyed, blind, bleeding on the, on, on the ground, mm-hmm. starts hearing Finn. Yep. Starts hearing Poe. Mm-hmm. Starts hearing her friends. Her friends are calling to her. Her family is her strength, yep. right? Her her newfound family. She rises, and we're not. And, and it's not like she's getting power from them. She's literally using it to like, I'm gonna get up. Right, I'm right. getting up. I'm getting. And that was a powerful moment. For yeah. Me. And then when when Kylo sees this, he's a little intimidated by it. Yeah. And he's like, All right, enough of this crap. I'm gonna destroy this girl once and for all. Yep. And um. They have another epic lightsaber fight, her blind, him pissed off, and eventually um, – He starts to force drain her. No, not yet. Mm. He loses his hand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's Ky- nice Kylo, little moment. Kylo loses his hand, loses his saber. His saber hilt is destroyed. And then um, he realizes that he doesn't need the saber, remembers Tor Valum's teachings, mm-hmm. and starts to use the life drain on her. And as he's using the life drain on her, she's completely powerless – and all of that force corruption, all of that crap that was going on in his face starts to heal. Yeah, he and, heals himself. And he starts ripping the metal off his face. And you start seeing his face come back to normal, mm-hmm. which I thought was super cool. And Ray is looking at him like, please stop, Ben, 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 and reach, reaches her hand out. This is what I love. It's like it felt like Luke reaching for his father, right? Right. Father, please help me. And in this case, he's, she's saying Ben. And so she's reaching through the dark side. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, similar to the Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, Death Star scene, Ben is about to take – it's almost over. He's you know? about to snuff out her life. Yeah, it's this close. And then – Leia feels it. Leia feels it. Calls across the galaxy with the Force. And says, my son, I need you. Yep. We and, need you. Yep. And – Kylo Ren, Ben peeks out. I, it's, it's this weird thing that I wonder how he's going to do it visually. But it's like Ben peeks out and takes Ray's hand and they share the life force there. They collapse to the ground and Kylo Ren kind of melts away and Ray pretty much says, thank you, Ben. Yeah, and, and, and like people that are saying that he's not redeemed, he's absolutely redeemed. He got redeemed. Yeah. And it was goodbye, Ben. Yeah, he 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 peeked out there at that last moment. But the 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 thing that I find fascinating about this scene is that like like we were talking about at the top of the show, it's the it's the balance of the light and the dark, yeah. right? And when you have him sucking the life or life draining her to the point of where she's about to die, Leia intervenes just like she does in Rise of Skywalker. Right. He he chooses 
this hand is almost like the dark side sucking her life away, right? The yep. the ying. And then her hand is extended. He switches and goes to shake her hand and takes her hand. Almost all that force that he had sucked into himself almost comes rushing back yep. into her. And it creates, like the script says, like this swirling mass of of light and dark mm-hmm. flowing across each other mm-hmm. where it's like this convergence in the force of the light and the dark truly balancing itself out. Right. And the consequence of it is that they both fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ben's last words are Solana. Solana. And, he's, and she's like, what? And he's like, Ray Solana. That's, that's your, your name. That's your name. Yep. You know? Not Palpatine. Uh, it's Ray Solana. Yeah, it's Ray Solana. And she was... You know, no Chosen one is by no the one. Force. Yeah. And she was someone, but she wasn't related to anybody. Right. She, she was her own thing. She was her own thing, and the Force chose her. Yeah. And then um, we're kind of leaving away the other stuff, but, you know, you can, you can guess that the good guys win. You know, good guys win. <laughs> and one of my favorite lines is uh, Hux realizes that they lost the Star Wars. Right. And there's a great little Easter egg in that scene. But um, so – Ray collapses also dead, essentially. Yeah. And she goes into the astral plane. Yep. And in the astral plane, she sees Luke, she sees Yoda. And Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. You know, which would have been great because we would have gotten you in again. You and Yoda, Mark Hamill, everybody would have been there. Yeah. And they basically say, you taught us something, that there can be balance. Right. That you can embrace not just the, the light side, but also the dark side and find that balance. And she says something very interesting. Our masters are wrong. I will not deny my anger and I will not reject my love. Right. That's not denying anger, not embracing it, not letting it define you. And I will not reject my love and be away from attachment and be away. I will let myself love. Yeah. And those are the new ways of the Jedi. It's kind of like a reformation. It's a reformation of the, of the religion. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, it, it, to, to work for her, to work for the galaxy. And I thought that that was the saga. That yeah. that. that that's a beautiful moment for me yeah, in this script. And then you have Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, look, if you want, you can stay here with us mm-hmm. and your life will be one of knowledge and power um, and, and peace. Or you can go back and your life will be one of loss and, 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 and struggle and all this stuff. I love it. Yeah. And she says, I've decided, but you as the user or, or you as the reader don't know which way she decides. Right. She says, I've decided. We cut two. Good guys won. Big celebration. Yeah. Everybody's having fun. Hux commits Harakiri. Yep. Hux, yep. With That's right. Mace Windu's lightsaber. That's right. I missed that. Yeah. It's Mace Windu's lightsaber. Oh, where did he get it? I missed that. In Coruscant. Yeah, that's right. You oh know, like they found it on Coruscant. So Mace Windu's purple lightsaber ultimately ends Hux's, Hux's life. life. So yeah. no spy. He goes out just the yeah. know, dickhead oh, that and, he is. And they're about to lose the Star Wars. And you, and Lando, just like in Rise of Skywalker, Lando does come in. Lando shows up with reinforcements, a lot of reinforcements. Yeah. They all they all, they could the tide turns. Very classic Star Wars, and uh, the good guys win. The yeah. good guys win. Um, and then we kind of get the epilogue. I would say Chewie gets a medal here, but a real medal. It's not handed off of <laughs> right, of, right. of like one of Hans yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it was a ceremony. The heroes of the resistance. Chewie does get a medal, and then we do see later on it's Ray. She's back, 
and she's bringing a new bunch of Jedi. Broom Boy is there. Broom all Boy the, is all there. the new Jedi. Yeah. Finn, Finn, and and uh, Finn and the crew make a basically a sanctuary using the Jedi text yeah. to try to teach Force sensitive kids the ways of the Force. Even though they're not Force sensitive themselves, they're trying to do the best they can. Right. And the final scene is you see Ray in the distance, walking closer to them. Healed up to some degree, but still mm-hmm. scarred. Still scarred, yeah. And uh, and that's kind of where the movie ends. Yeah, it was a great. It's a great script. Yeah, it's a great script. And um, and I I do see some of the chat saying it. You know, some people don't like it. You know, from based on what we're saying, some people think Rise of Skywalker is better. Yeah, some people mm-hmm. think this is better. I think uh, I would caution everybody that there is no way to compare this to Rise of Skywalker right. because this script would never make it just from as it is now. To release, not with what happened with the Last Jedi, not with what happened to Carrie Fisher. This is a this is a snapshot of a moment that somehow made it made its way out here. Yeah, and so and here we are reviewing it, and I think it's a fantastic Star Wars story. It's a legend. It, it, it's, it's, it's a legend. It's a true Star Wars legend of yeah. a possible reality that could have tied up seven and eight. Yeah, um, one that I think is in my head canon. What will always be my episode nine, my mm. Revenge of the Sith, when it comes to the sequels. Sure. Of I, I like how this script um, resolved a lot of the big plot holes that I didn't like about seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Seven, I didn't love how there was no con- context for the political structure right. of the galaxy. We got a little bit more of it here. We, we got a little bit more of it here with the introduction of the warlords. Um, the whole concept of the Knights of Ren in 7 and 8 made no sense. In 9, it made even less sense. Mm. You know, with the exception of the shrug and a few little moments, you never even see them. Here, you actually learn about Hataska, about Jaden, about the different Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. Ot Ren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see that they're actually Force-sensitive, can wield the lightsaber, yep. have a friggin' darksaber. Got the darksaber somehow. You know? Yeah, maybe that would have uh, tied to Mandalorian sooner or later. All that stuff with Finn that I was also so frustrated by. Um, of him, you know, like I always wanted him to be the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Like Stormtrooper turns into a Jedi, that, you know, you got your story. But in this movie, he does become the true face of the ground army. He, yeah. is, he is the one that rallies the troops mm-hmm. um, or the people. He's the true face of the revolution. Yeah. You know, Rose becomes an incredible comic relief character in a, I think, the Han Solo of this script. Many heroic moments, but, yep. To me, the only reason I have accepted that this script could have never been made is the fact – and we glossed over it a little bit. We didn't get into too much detail on it. But Leia is at the heart of this script. Yeah, we we, we said that. And yeah, it it would be near impossible to have Leia and Carrie Fisher do do this with the footage – of Force Awakens. Yeah, because Leia lives throughout the entire script. Yeah, she lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she lives. She She's the one that hands out the medals, just yeah. like she did in New Hope. And so it's – it's. I wonder what that – this to me, which is why it's, it's like I can never compare it to Rise of Skywalker. This to me is a fascinating snapshot of the development process of a huge studio like Disney and Lucasfilm and of all things a Star Wars movie. This to me is the most fascinating thing that we can look at as a snapshot, like I said, of just a particular moment. Mm-hmm. So when you consider the ramifications of Carrie Fisher passing away, this script changed. What would happen in your opinion, Mark Fernandez, The Last Jedi comes out? Because I don't buy anybody that says this is going to be better and that if this movie, if this is the movie we got, I would love it. I think there is definitely – 
there is definitely people that that are not liking the direction of, of how Disney is going. Now, let's say, and we're playing with Monopoly money here, that this script goes untouched and they recast Carrie Fisher. Mm. We get a different General Leia. Yeah. Okay? Scorny Weaver is cast. Sure. We're going to play reverence and, and honor her as best we can, but this part was so needed in it, we're recasting. Okay? It happens all the time in movies. Mm-hmm. Scorny Weaver ch- shows up. This movie comes out. I don't know what people would think. I think it would have... A Revenge of the Sith moment for two reasons, okay? Mm -hmm. I think, number one, Colin Trevorrow has proven that he is a perfect choice in the legacy of Spielberg and Lucas Mm. through the the evidence that we have of Jurassic World. I think Jurassic World, whether you love the story or not, if you don't love Jurassic World, you just don't like Jurassic Park that much because it's dinosaurs killing people. It's it's, It's the same thing up the ante, though. Right. The right. park breaks down in the first movie, and later, years later, Jurassic World comes it's to It's a much full, nicer park with cooler much, toys. And another dinosaur breaks out. I mean, what do you want from your Jurassic World movies? I mean, it's like the dinosaurs are going to escape sooner or later, <laughs> right, and they're right. going to eat you <laughs> right. sooner or later, and then the right. good guys are going to win. It's not rocket science right, here. But do so. you have a good hero? Do you, do, do you have a good heroine? Do, do These are have... action movies that take stereotypical kind of characters and kind of add their own flavor to it. Yeah. You know, they're going to have your brash. Kind of guy in Chris Pratt that's going to save the day towards the end. There, you're yeah. going to have the the like kind of Humphrey Bogart the call kind of relationship with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard but, or Indiana Jones, Marion Ravenwood kind of thing feel to it. But but what I love about this script is that it embraces its own identity. It's almost like the message of it, which is that you're not a friggin' Skywalker. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny because uh, uh, um, Kylo is also told that by Luke, you're no Skywalker. It's one of my favorite lines. Luke yeah. says, you're no Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. And, ooh, burn, buddy. Yeah. Take yeah. it. You're and, burned. And Ray is like, you're not me. You're not my father. You're not my brother. You're not my nephew. You know, you're not my son. You are you. Yeah. And the Force chose you and embrace it. And I think episode nine embraces itself as its own thing without having to tinker too much with the legacies of episodes one through six, which I think ultimately was Rise of Skywalker's biggest mistake mm. was the villain, you know, like like shoehorning the Emperor as the villain yeah. made no sense when Kylo Ren earned the right to be the villain by killing Snoke. I agree with you there. You know, and, and and he is the master villain of this script. And yes, he is redeemed at the very end because ultimately his biggest weakness was the same weakness that his grandfather had. His love for his family is his hubris. That's his tragic flaw. Yep. Or his biggest strength. He falls to he falls just like Vader did. That light peaked right. out. Ben Solo peaked out, and that was his undoing. From at least the plane of this existence. And he knew it was coming almost. He did. And he made that choice right there thanks to his mother coming in there just like she did in yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, I mean this this is like, you know, th- this this movie works for me as a Star Wars fan yeah. as much as Rise of Skywalker works as, for me as a Star Wars fan because I came back around. We did our review after one viewing for me and then I got to see it a no- number of times since then and have fallen in love with the moments that I love. but. Yeah. I, again, you guys know me. I like to do it from writing, and this is in a very fascinating window into the development process because yeah. we have this script and we have Rise of Skywalker, and you can see all the development that went into it because of 
factors that were beyond even their control, which is Carrie Fisher more than anything. Yeah, and I then, agree with and, that. I, and I don't know where Colin Trevorrow landed in this development thing and why he walked away because I don't think it's because of this script. Or we'll never, I don't know. We, we might I, actually, never know I don't that. Know. We might never know that. It, it, it's, it's fascinating to see. I think that what it feels like for me is that The Last Jedi truly did cause the higher-ups, Lucasfilm and IE Bob Iger, mm. to go, listen, we need to, we need to make sure that our audience loves our Star Wars, so let's make some changes on, to, to do that. And so that's why I think that there was a big shift – why some people say – I still think that The Rise of Skywalker called back to The Last Jedi in mm. beautiful ways, especially my favorite stuff is Luke in there where he catches the lightsaber and he says, I was wrong. That is the payoff for me from Rise of Skywalker to Last Jedi. Yeah. Here the payoff is Luke haunting Kylo Ren, Luke continuing the training of Rey. There's a lot of different things here. I don't know what it could be that got them to deviate, but I think a lot of it has to do with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. It really does have a lot to do with Carrie Fisher, I think, because she is all over this script. Uh, and rightly so. It's her movie. Yeah. And look, um, I I feel you. This script would have never been able to get made unless you recast Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, you know, not to be morbid, but it almost, you know, passed with her, you know. But as as a diehard Star Wars fan, reading this script has given me a little sense of of – of healing, a little bit of closure for you. <laughs> a little bit of closure for me with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, you know because the sequel trilogy ended in a way that I thought was extremely weak, and you know my opinion on that. Yeah, um, I, I didn't love uh, seven. I didn't love eight, and I definitely didn't like nine. Um, but this made me appreciate nine. Made me appreciate seven and eight because mm-hmm. I thought seven and eight looked a lot better in contrast to nine. Yeah, and this screenplay made me appreciate seven and eight even more. Because the narrative threads that were opened on 7 and 8, I thought were pretty much tied up in neat little bows in 9. It's, it, it's yeah. I mean, I, I keep, I wish I could. I, I wish I could say, yeah, this is so much better than blah, 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 and this ties this. I mean, I got some great callbacks and ties, closure in Rise of Skywalker, mm. but I can see some of them being here as a writer and, and somebody that really loves the behind the scenes process and the development of scripts. I see a lot of like closure from yeah. the movies. I can see that. It's just interesting. I, for me, I'm stuck on why did we move away from this other than the, uh, the obvious of Carrie Fisher. Yeah, we'll never know that. Look, we don't have insight into that. I don't understand why Colin was let go. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say that that one movie he Book made, of Henry. Book of Henry, was, a, was, was, was terrible and that that was one of the potential reasons. Um, I, I find it difficult to believe that it was personal issues, given the fact that the producer of Jurassic World is Frank Marshall. Frank Marshall is married to Kathleen Kennedy. Colin Trevorrow um, is directing Jurassic World 3. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I doubt it's like personal strife, but for whatever reason, this um, story was never made. But I'm very glad that it's been read by mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this with me because it is a. It's a really good script. Yeah, it's been read by you. I don't know if sharing is an appropriate term. It, it's been Sharon, read. I read. I read it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I read it on uh, your laptop, <laughs> or or a laptop, a laptop <laughs> yeah. somewhere yeah. in the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, so look, man, I give this movie a you know a very positive review. It's never going to get made, 
But no. you know, maybe in twenty years there'll be animations of it. This will be legendary lore about de- digging deep into this story. It's it's kind of out there. I don't know if the script is out there or not. I have no idea. I know I've read it. I have no idea if it's out there or not. Um, yeah. But um, sooner or later, there will be interpretations of this tale of this the, lore. The where the way. The way I kind of liken it to is like when they did the the comic adaptation of George Lucas's The Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is his original version before he started chopping it up and making the saga as we know it. Sure. So that, and the novelization also the, before the movie. The came novelization, up. all that. So I think it could be. It is a yeah. The best thing to do and to say about it is a snapshot of like wow, what the what ifs and you know it is a what if. And uh, I talked about it on my on my channel yesterday when some people asked like, could it work as a what if? In comic form, novel yeah. form. And I went back to my favorite thing that I talk about with you all the time, which is Star Wars Infinities, when we have Luke Skywalker in a what if scenario dies at the hands of the Wampa and it's Leia that takes over right, in right, that right, story. Right, right, right. This is a what if for me. It's this a what is if. like, wow, what if it changed? You know, what how could it change? Like instead of The Last Jedi going this way and getting Rise of Skywalker, it went this way and we get Duel of Fates. But it gave us, it's, it's part of our Star Wars soul a little bit. Yeah. I, I, what really stands out to me is one, I, I really, if you're hiring Colin Trevorrow, I would love to work with you because yeah. this is one of the great scripts that I've read. It's such a good it's script. It's very clear. It yeah. has, it has, it just has wonderful heart. It has wonderful reverence to the saga in general. It has such great love for the characters. And it just it just really goes. I know what I want, the story I want to tell from Star Wars in the third chapter of a sequel that is the ninth episode of a saga. It it has a lot of love to it, and that's what just stands out to me more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I will say that about Rise of Skywalker as well. There is a lot of love that went into it, but Rise of Skywalker, if I put on my development cap. There, it's definitely kind of a studio thing. It's like, listen, there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen because I think it all stemmed off of The Last Jedi, which I love. I right, love. I know, I'll I never. Know. I'm going to die on that island with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> the, the Last Jedi. Yeah. You know yeah. you know me. I've I never know. wavered I, I on know. my Last Og Jedi two. love. Og 2. Og 2 for I'm up you there with Luke. Luke. Yeah. With all of the, the Last the Jedi milk, fans. All the green milk we're, and all we're, that yeah, stuff. I will suck on the tit of that alien, yeah. whatever it was. So look, man, um, <laughs> tune in to Riley every Monday, 3.30, Riley's Cantina, PST. Yes. Riley, love doing this with you, man. I, I, special. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me back for this as a as quote unquote a, a kind of goodbye to rule of two and thank you just i wanted to be able to say thank you to the the support because when you brought this up a lot of the the fans were saying yes and and i and i saw it and i heard you and i thank you and i thank you for giving me yeah look we'll that. leave the door open and we never know when star never wars know. you know like creeps its ugly head again and and we gotta dust off the lightsabers and i just and, I, I just hope we get to a place where we're celebrating again and not internally amongst the fans. The, 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 no, I, I love this. I don't love this. You shouldn't love this and you shouldn't love that. It's just, I miss talking about a Star Wars story. And, and though I, I know it feels weird doing it from this yeah. angle, it really was about a celebration of story in Star Wars. Mm. And I hope that, you know, we can all come out on the other side. Just loving Star Wars and being okay. If you know, if you guys didn't like this story and you like Rise of Skywalker too, uh, more, more power to you. Yeah. And vice versa. If you like this, well, good on you. 
And if you like Last Jedi, if you don't like it. And if you hate them both, <clears> then you hopefully you like both, The Mandalorian. And you like The Mandalorian. There's so much good Star Wars to love. There's The Clone Wars Season 7 is coming up yeah. next month. There's so much out there. At the end of the day, I wanted to come back and talk Star Wars with you because I love Star Wars. And I yeah. loved talking Star Wars with you, and I appreciate you giving me that uh, opportunity. Yeah, look, and and nobody knows like like uh, Leia, you know, um, you know, Leia tells uh, Ray like the story, you know, the story is not over, and uh, you know, you write, you know, we write our own story. We do write our own story, you know. So there is, um, you know, the end is 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 here for now, but in the future, you never know uh, what kind of you know we can come back and do it again because it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, uh, for, for joining us here on this Rule of Two episode. The door ain't closed. It's just a little, you know, it's just you see a little crack of light there. Um, yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for all the people that did come over to my YouTube channel. Uh, so appreciative of your love and, and support. If you want to see me there, Riley's Cantina, Monday I'm having Emma Fife on. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk. We're going to have some wine, and we're going to you know, chill and talk Star Wars. Yeah, look, and to that same point, thank you for all the, all the fans that have continued to support Collider. Uh, Absolutely. That continue to support all the great people that work here, Perry, Jeff, Scott, everybody. I want to I echo that sentiment because I thought you know, if I could say something as, a, as your friend and, and former employee, though, I, I watched you take it. And uh, I really appreciate everything you said, and I think that that's enough for, for all of you. I never took it offense. I never took offense as a business kind of thing. Yeah. And I went, yeah. And I'm now get going on writing meetings, and I'm now doing my thing, and it's really fun. And I'm coming into the offices of Collider yeah. to work with you today because that's not going to be the last time either. Right. We want to write together. We want to produce together. And you guys do support the good, good people that are here at Collider. They're going to continue to do what you guys do. And I'm I'm a fan, and I will be there to back you up. Thank you very much, brother. Yeah, Thank dude. you very much. Well, look, may the force be with you always. And also with you. And to everybody that joined us here on Rule of Two, we'll see you soon. Rise. That little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.